0: about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder, everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys,
1: how much did that motivate you coming into this?
2: We better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us, fuck the coin flip, it's time to pay up, No cross up. the middle, 21 in the cut, we ain't from nobody, run telling tell them I'm it's from up. the city where they gotta play us, fuck coin flippers it's time to pay up, don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut We're We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell him it's up Back to back champs, kings of the north with it mm-hmm. Thinking they can hang with us, The lane jumped out the porch with it Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it Double up on him and we gon' double down on T. Higgins Then throw Void in the mix, now you really iffy Every Sunday showing boys how they're really gritty They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky Flip the coin, kick the toe, right to the go and get it Never know what's gon' happen when Joe drop back He get shifty in the pocket, I get shifty on the track Nobody on the team. All pro, that's all cap. Most all-around team in the NFL, that's all fact. And came across nobody yet. that seemed like they could hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff? Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Vaughn gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body Benz. Right behind them Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just draft the camera, draft the hill. Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was, cause that's the losing weight It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy eight It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it Zach Taylor doing the thing for the city, I give it to him And I bet you will find a hole if you give it to him Hayden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him Just hand it out to 28 and let him do the dash Getting hit by BJ Hill, probably feel like a car crash Every week it seems like Lou digging deeper in his bag And if the game on the line, all my favorite money match I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flippers it's time to pay up, don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut, we ain't hiding from nobody, running telling tell them up, I'm from the city where they gotta play us, Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up, don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut, and we ain't hiding from nobody, running telling tell them up, what do we say, y'all?
0: They gotta play us! That's right, they gotta play us, what's up y'all, welcome to the show, this is Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice, but well, we're talking Reds today. Do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,209 subscribers. I appreciate every single one of you guys. But do me a favor. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channels. Bengals talk with strawberries. Hit the subscription button at the bell for a notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So, if you got a question for my main man, Jeff Carver, locked on Bengals, or just something about Ellie Daily Cruz, the most electrifying man in baseball right now, I think give me a super chat. Or if you want to support the show, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from this glorious place down here. It's called the ice cave. The ice cave is brought to you by T properties, T properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. So if you need uh, to rent a house or a condo, if you have a apartment you're looking for, or a rental property, you just don't want to manage anymore. Get T-Properties a shot, and they will take care of the rest. And as you know it, I wear it most days. I wear red stuff today, but we got Jackpot Joey 9. We got the gear. We got the flags. We got the hats. Jackpot Joey was being jacked pot Joey today. He was jacking homers out of GABP. He's going to become a 2 sports star. He's now going to be our best quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be the best left fielder for the Cincinnati Reds. totally kidding. He was at GABP having a great time. But if you want any of the stuff, A portion of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow uh, Hunger Foundation and the Joe Burrow Foundation right there at jackpotjoey9.com. What's up to everybody in the chat? Crew, what's up? We got stranger. You were in there first. Kevin's in there. Lindsay, what's going on? How are you? Yep. Go Reds. Brad, who day? Crip, what's going on? Robert's in there. What's up? And crown. Yes. Ellie, 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 Ellie. That's what we were doing last night. I'm telling you, that was the most – electrifying atmosphere that I've seen for the Cincinnati Reds in a long, long time. Last time, me and my son were talking about this. Last time I remember it being that electrifying was Clinchmas. That was 2010. My son was 10 years old. He's 22 right now. He hasn't got to watch the Reds win crap. (laughs) So last night was awesome for him. It was great for me. I tweeted out the video. It's kind of shaky because I was jumping up and down because I was ecstatic. Matty bats that's what I'm calling Matt McLean. All I had to do was hit the ball in the outfield. So, uh, you know, a, a, a pop-up or whatever. He hit it almost to the wall, and they won. It was awesome. Anyway, let's get to the man. The man who has been talking to the Reds every single day for the last two or three years. And I know the last couple of years haven't been the easiest. Because he's been on my show a couple times, and we've tried to discuss the Reds, and all we did was bitch about him. He's here now. Ellie's in town. Let's get to Jeff Carr from Locked on Reds. What's up, Jeff?
1: How's it going, man? It's good to see you, dude.
0: Good to see you, too, brother. I am ecstatic. Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Ellie.
1: Dude,
0: that, like, the first at-bat, everybody standing up cheering. As soon as they pitched the ball, it was dead silence. Yeah. It was almost eerie. I'm like, dude, they were just waiting, in anticipation, just letting them, you know, get into the moment. And and he got to walk his first one. Hit hit uh, the first hit he got was the hardest hit ever by the Reds this year. Mm. I mean, are we are we hyping him up too much, or is he the real deal?
1: Nah, man, he is the real deal. Like he is him. And I mean, you talk about that that first at bat. Every single at bat, I remember. I, I think it was the sixth inning he was coming up and I was walking around trying to find a couple of concessions. And as I was walking and, and other people were walking with me, you heard Joe Z get on the speaker and say, here comes Ellie de la Cruz. Everyone in the concourse pushed up to find a viewpoint so that they could see him hit. This was the type of respect that you give the national anthem, yeah. but it wasn't at bat. And, and it was Phenomenal! I just I loved it so much. I haven't heard that much energy at the ballpark, and, and, and you talked about Clinchmas And I mean, uh, I, I think of you know Todd Frazier, the home run derby, right, right. and let's be honest, it's been a long time. I can't it, remember any sort of regular yeah. season game outside of the later the later months that has drawn that much just energy
0: to GABB. Tuesday night in June. Tuesday yeah. night in June, it was it wasn't packed, but that's the biggest crowd I've seen there <laughs> this year. I've only been to like three games, but it, it was it was awesome. Now, one thing I'm excited about this, and, and I haven't seen this many prospects come. I'm going to show my age here, but I haven't seen this many prospects come up since the late '80s. Right. Since Eric Davis, Chris Sabo, Barry Larkin, Tom Browning, all those guys all came up in the late '80s, and it led to the 1990 World Series, and it led to. I'm sorry. When I was a kid, we won a lot. If they, I've said this before, if they had the playoff system like they have now back in the 80s. The Reds would have went the playoffs almost every year. Can we finish oh, yeah. second for like five years in a row? So, that's what's exciting about this. It's not just Ellie. It's Encarnacion Strand, which hopefully he'll be up next week. It's Abbott, who pitched a one-hitter for six innings on his, yeah. his debut. I mean, you got Hunter Green. you got Nick Dola I know he's he's hurt right now. we got got Ashcraft. He's been up and down. But th- you can see the talent. You can see what we have here. And – By God, if the Reds actually stick to their plan, which that's been my biggest issue with them, they go rebuild, we're going to rebuild, we're going to do this, and they never stick to it. It seems like they actually might stick to it. What's your thoughts on the future of the Reds right now? This is the thing
1: that I I took away the most from Tuesday night, is that the future is now. Mm -hmm. Reds Fest, they they were selling us on, well, we've got these guys that are coming up, these prospects that, like, you know, when they get here, you guys are going to love it. They're here now. And, and, and we're looking at the guys that need to take the next step in Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. And yes, they, they're all, you know, whether you're talking about injury with Green and Lodolo or just struggles here recently for Graham Ashcraft, this is the kind of the part of the adjustment year for all three of those guys. And you've, you've got Alexis Diaz who's anchoring the bullpen. You've got... And right now, depending on which website you look at, in fact, I think both Fan Graphs and Baseball Reference have Alexis Diaz as the guy who has the highest wins above replacement on the team right now, which right. is crazy to see. But overall, these are the guys that are going to be here. These aren't the guys that are going to get us from A to B. These aren't the guys who, well, we just found them as a retread. We're not even talking about Brandon Drury type players anymore. We're talking about the Legit. backbone. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the core Mm -hmm. of our team Mm -hmm. is here and and figuring out how they all fit into place is basically what this year was supposed to be for. And Oh, by the way, the division sucks. So we (laughs) actually have a chance that by figuring out where these guys are going to play, they Mm -hmm. could also do some winning too. I love the fact uh, this, this whole year has just been so exciting for me and there's still a hundred games left to go.
0: Exactly. Now I got a question here from, crown. And he's like, why don't they leave Ellie at third? Well, my thing is I'll, I'll give my thoughts and then you can answer. My thing is your best athlete should be at shortstop. Yeah. That's your best athlete. That's got to have the most range. If you, And and people are like, get upset about India, which I, they're not trading Jonathan India. Might to oh, base, they might move the third base. They might move to the outfield. If they're trading India. They're stupid. I mean, I don't trade any of these guys, but if you, if you have McLean at second, and you have Del Cruz at short and you have up to middle defense where you basically have two shortstops, that's awesome. So that's why you want Ellie at shortstop because until he proves that he can't play there, they're gonna give him every opportunity to do it because he's the best athlete. And you get McLean at second, dude. We got a double play combination for you know 15 years. Yeah. He at third, maybe eventually. I don't think I don't think he's there tonight, but I think eventually that might be the move. I'm down, I'm here for it.
1: In the third, maybe even the corner outfield. I loved and it's something that I thought would happen a little bit down the road, like when Joey Votto comes back. But um, I love seeing Spencer Steer in left field because yeah, Spencer Steer can play that corner outfield like, spot. He can play As... third,
0: first, left. After. That's yeah. what all these guys can do. They all can play multiple positions.
1: He's a very Ben Zobris type yes. guy. I think mm-hmm. that he fits everywhere you put him. And really, that's kind of the mo with most of these guys. I mean, Ellie can play every single position. I'm I'm pretty sure if you asked him to pitch, he'd be pretty good at probably,
0: that too. With that arm, he probably could. Oh
1: man! And uh, but when it comes to his best spot, like no one's gonna have more range, no one's gonna have more athleticism at shortstop than he will. Now, down the road in a couple of years, when Edwin Arroyo is ready to go, we might have an interesting conversation there. Right. But you're looking at them already getting Noel V Marte used to third base they're not even looking at him as a shortstop anymore and Matt McClain really does profile better as a second baseman most scouts agree profile better as a second baseman long term than a shortstop or anywhere else and he could even play center field he played there in college so There's a lot that can be done with those guys, but I think as the roster is right now, before you look at Marte and Arroyo, and and even years down the road with Cam Collier, the best iteration of this team is with Elliott Short and
0: McLean at second. Exactly. Now, one thing this always comes up. Now, this and, and this has been the problem with Reds ownership, and and, and you know our, us fans always get upset. And Robert here says they better pay these guys mm-hmm. and, and and keep them together. And I I preface that with. Well, they extended Hunter Green, so that's in the step in the right direction. And I had one of my guys at work on, oh, they're going to trade India. I'm like, why would they trade Jonathan India? Oh, he's going to he's going to, want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, a hundred grand. I'm like, I don't think Jonathan India is going to make that much money. But I mean, he's still what we're still at least three, four years away from him even being free agent. El- I know he's arbitration yeah. eligible, but actually being a free agent, we're still a ways away from that.
1: Yeah, we've we've got a few years before we got to worry about what's next with Jonathan India and i know that you know the the extension of Hunter Green is just the beginning they're going to extend more people here and it kind of almost somehow even though it's still early in uh, Hunter Green's rookie contract it like r- ratcheted up the urgency for some of the other players to get their extensions done now too and as much as it'd be nice for Jonathan India to sign he's got that one dude that's going to make it really hard to sign right now and that's Scott Boris scott right. boris does not sign extensions before you're going to get the most money out of his clients. That's just what he does. So there's where a lot of folks are starting to wonder if a trade probably isn't the most viable solution there. But I think that there's going to be a shot that we still extend India. And I know I'm being a little bit all uh, roses and super optimistic when it comes to a situation with dealing the most expensive agent on the market but I think that the Reds can get it done and I think India is in love with this city right now I think, I think that there's going here. to be the ability to keep him here and I I don't necessarily think that the trade is the end all be all and and, and I think we know by now like look when you trace back this is kind of like the uh, the office rumors episode whenever Michael's like starting all these wrong rumors and stuff like when you look back to the trace point of this rumor of Jonathan India being traded it was C Trent Rosecrans saying this could be the best Good. possible scenario. He yeah. was, he was just looking at what could happen in the future. He he wasn't even, to. Right. He wasn't even saying this is going to happen. So I think we, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. It's not like the reds are actively shopping him to other teams right now.
0: Yeah. exactly. And that's the thing is, is right now. The reds don't need to trade anybody. Just let yeah. them all figure it out. Because, and, and I want to pump the brakes a little bit. Yes, the division is visible. Yes, it, the Reds could win this. Do I actually think they will? No, but I'm not. I want everybody to look at it. it I, I kind of look at it like this. It's like the 2020 Bengals. You can see the start of it. You know, you can see what's going to happen. Just let them grow. Enjoy watching Ellie. Enjoy watching Indy. Enjoy watching Maddie Bats. Enjoy watching these guys pitch. Watch them develop. Next year, we're going to be pretty good. The year after that, we're going to be really damn good. Yes. So, I mean, you just got to not hurry up and go, oh, we got to go all in. And, and I am a guy who says, you know, you don't pick the season. The season picks you. Now, we come into late August, and we're, you know, a game and a half out. And we actually got shot. Like, yeah, I want to go make a trade and go get somebody. But June, you got to wait a little bit and see what happens. They're just bringing these guys up. Encarnacion Strand hit another one last uh, uh, last night. He's another one I think is coming up soon. So Oh, yeah you got to figure out where all these guys play. You still got this guy named Joseph Dan who it's going to come back sometime. I mean, he's he's, he's not going to just in the season. like He's not going to end his career like this. I'll tell you that.
1: Oh yeah. No. And, and the rehab assignment that he started, he's got a limit of 20 days. So I'm guessing we'll see him probably in about, you know, two and a half weeks ish, something like that. Um, and, and I think that's part of moving Spencer steer to left field yesterday right. is that, you know, you've got Votto and you've got CES that are ready to go and mm-hmm. CES profiles as a good first baseman moving forward. He can field pretty decently at that spot. Uh, I know he's been playing some third base as well there in triple a, but I really think that, uh, I mean, this team with the opportunity that it has this year is going to kind of confuse us a little bit because as much as they could go for it, what it's going to cost right. and, and what they might have to sacrifice a year or two down the road will not be worth it. Right. Um, as far as, you know, they've got questions of bullpen depth and they've got questions of starting pitching depth. And they've, you know, there's some things that if they were to address this year, they could contend but if you're talking about trading a guy like Cam Collier or you're talking about trading a guy like Edwin Arroyo or something like that um, or even some of the mid-level prospects, I mean there's there's some guys coming up in the lower levels like Hector Rodriguez who's killing it in Daytona and you've got um, uh, one of my favorite ones in Carlos Jorge and then you're also talking about uh, just some dudes that uh, Leonardo Balcazar as well. I think Balcazar actually had a season-ending injury, but some names that people don't know just yet. Right. That we're on the same level of the guys like Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and all that stuff a couple of years ago when people were just like, don't tell me about those guys because right now they're not going to help us win right now, but now we see what they're doing. Right. So it, it it's rough because there's plenty of people that have said, I've heard prospect talk for 30 years yeah. and I really yeah. don't want to talk more about prospects, but now we're seeing what happens whenever the Reds find
0: a plan and stick to it. But the thing is we heard, prospect talk for 30 years the last time we actually had this many prospects like i said was was the late 80s yeah i mean uh, that that's what that's where reds fans uh, like i said I, i've been around a while <laughs> i mean I, yeah. <laughs> I remember all this stuff too I, you know i mean i remember uh we we had a uh, uh, brandon uh oh what was this the third baseman i crushed it in triple a couldn't hit up here i can't i can't remember his name now he was supposed to come up here and be the next this or that and whatever right. and it never happened but the difference is now we got guys that are coming up I mean, last time we had some. We didn't have this many guys. We had we had Bruce, we had Vada, we had Homer. You know, we 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 had. Uh, 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 oh, I can't think of his name. Johnny uh, Johnny Cueto. Yep. All those guys. We have. There's more guys now coming up than there was then. We have oh, more yeah. guys behind them. That's that's what's different about this. It's not only we have this wave. We have waves of guys beyond them, and they might not all come up here and hit. But the thing is, if you can go and get to a point where you can compete year after year after year you can take some of these guys that are in the minors and you can trade some of them and go get some pieces here and there to plug in and play we're not there yet but that's that's the future and and i can see the actual plan and they're actually sticking to it so that's the other exciting thing to me about this whole thing and that, and,
1: and the beautiful thing too, I think, is that when a general manager like Nick tells you we're going to build from within, we're going to develop, we're going to make the bulk of our roster, the core of our roster, people that we draft and develop. Usually, we think, okay, that's like three or four guys. We still got like a whole another team we got to sign here. But the Reds have so many dudes and so much talent that they can place in so many different positions that we really will be talking about this offseason and next offseason of them filling in the margins with free agent deals that, sure, are they going to go out and they're going to sign Shohei Otani? No. But they could go out and they get that like middle innings guy that everybody's looking for, or maybe they get their fifth starter from the free agency, or maybe they get like a key power bat from the free agent market. They're not going to have to build like they did in 2020 and 2021 through trades that gut the farm system and big free agent deals that set records, they're going to be able to spend that money on guys that they developed and guys that they can control for many more years than just a two or three year deal. Like as much as it pains me to say, and I loved the time that Nick Castellanos was here. Even when he was signed, I was a little bit worried about, man, like we gave him a prove it deal. What happens when he proves it? Ain't sticking around and we saw that now when we have young guys prove it like when ellie de la cruz proves that that hype is real he's still here for another five years
0: like i love that (laughs) exactly exactly now andrew here has a question is fairly going on the il now have you heard that that
1: was a heck of a hit by pitch there and i i think i saw that late uh lineup change there because he was leading off uh once again here tonight let me see here double check that lineup um Benson's yeah, because an but they still have him in the lineup. I guess they, do they? haven't. Okay.
0: Because so, Andrew said here uh, that Benson's leading off. I kind of like that, actually.
1: Uh, and and everyone's going to be like, he's batting a buck 40. Why do you like that?
0: Oh, dude. dude. All right. Hold on, Jeff, real quick. So he came up for the, the pitch hit last night. My son goes, Will Benson, they don't have anybody better than that. I'm like, Actually, he's been hitting better here lately than that. Bam. I'm like, He goes, Never mind. <laughs>
1: Okay, I do see it now. Charlie Goldsmith just tweeted about 14 minutes ago. Yep, Benson is leading off and, and playing in right field because uh, Frehley was scratched with a right wrist contusion. I See, the, the Reds have this weird thing of, like, guys that are hurt but not hurt hurt right. and not putting them on the IL until, like, four or five days after the fact. I could see them probably waiting another day or two to see if Fraley's ready to go but here's why i think will benson leading off is interesting because he has shown a propensity to get on base here recently yes and that is his profile three true outcomes guy he's going to annoy the crap out of you with a low batting average but he's going to have a nice on base and he's going to hit the crap out of the ball when he makes contact
0: And play good defense
1: too very good defense i mean he's such an athletic dude I had somebody say that there, and it was, uh, I believe it was a Brewers fan said that, boy, he really reminds me of, uh, Jason Hayward. And I'm like, Hey, I'll take that if that works (laughs) out. Like, I, I don't necessarily know that we're going to find that out here in the, in the next couple of weeks, but I I, I've seen the thing to me that really lets me know that he's getting better. And it was a statistic that I I believe was, uh, at Reds fan Brandon tweeted he said that for the first month of the season and before he got sent down, Will Benson had a contact rate of like 75% of pitches right. in the strike zone.
0: Right.
1: Now, for, ever since he's been called up, it's up to 93%. Huge, huge, huge difference. difference. So I think he just had to calm down a little bit, right? Like right. after the first game, felt like Will Benson was trying to hit a bases empty grand slam every time he came up to the plate. Now right. he's just like, let's just have a bat. Let's just get on base. And it's, it's, it's really paying off for him. I think we're going to see a good night here. I might look at a couple props on Will Benson tonight. I don't know.
0: Ooh, there you go. <laughs> all right, Robert, here's got a, a statement or a question about the guy they just signed. He said they got a young man from Taiwan, two-way player. The other day, they're going to have to keep these players together and keep building to recreate the big red machine. That's what the city needs. I'm all for it. What do you know about the uh, the kid, the young man from Taiwan? they just, I, I read a little bit about him.
1: Yes, and to uh, try to pronounce his name is <laughs> Leng Shing N., Uh, (laughs) 17-year-old from Taiwan yeah 1.2 million dollar signing bonus and and really when it comes to international players it's tough to get information in fact as much as I tried to look the only thing I saw was his performance in the under 18 world cup and I think he only played in three games um but how how he pitched and things like that and uh, it was pretty decent pitching performance. He's very athletic, very fast. He's going to profile well up the middle of the field. They listed him as a shortstop or center fielder as well as being that pitcher. But being 17 years old, I mean, th- the baseball world is his oyster at this point. We're probably not going to hear about him for at least another year or two. We'll see him in the rookie complex leagues here probably for the next year at least. But the signing bonus is what gives away what scouts think about him because right. – even when the reds signed ellie de la cruz they weren't sure about him they only gave him a sixty thousand dollar contract and usually you're hearing about guys like alfredo rodriguez remember a few years ago whenever the reds signed alfredo rodriguez number one we thought really cool name and number two i think it was like a four or five million dollar bonus so we're like oh they really like this guy Mm -hmm. when it comes to lynching End, they just gave a 17 year old 1.2 million dollars they think he's going to be something so he's going to be a name to watch out for as he's coming up through the complex leagues in Arizona. And then we're going to see him in Daytona. We'll see him. Can't wait till he gets to Dayton and see what he can do there. Um, exactly. But he's got, he's got a long runway ahead of him. Don't want to rush him up too quickly.
0: Well, that's one thing I think the Reds are doing a better job of is not rushing these guys. Yes. You know, they're, they're pinpointing what they need to work on. Like Ellie, they wanted him to be more uh, uh, not as aggressive, but take more pitches, you know, be more selective. You know, and, and he's done that. and you know, he's worked. I mean, he proved it last night with uh, yeah. two walks he got. Because I mean, and I hate to bring it because they haven't done that. I mean, I, for years. I mean, I think the I bring up the Homer Bailey. They brought him up, I think, too early, and I, yeah. I I think that hurt him. It took him longer to actually develop. Jose Barrero, They brought him up too early, and I it, I don't know if he's ever going to get to where we you know his potential yeah. is. I mean, I kind of don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I think the Reds are doing a better job of. Being more patient. That's one thing Reds fans have got to try and do is be more patient. I know we all want to win. Trust me. I want to win, too. But, you know, if we rush these guys and, and they're not ready, then they're not ready. And one one particular person that I was actually surprised is Abbott. I want to talk about Abbott pitching. Yeah. I was shocked, one, how good he did. Two, how fast he got up here. Because it was, it was a month ago where he was eh, hit or miss. He was pitching okay, but not that great. He had stuff to work on. Then all of a sudden, a light switch went on, and he took off, and he proved it. Uh, the other night, uh, is that uh, w- what do you think that is that rich is doing a better job of of letting these guys marinate and cook or or just the players themselves? I think that
1: this really proves the value of having Derek Johnson being like the pitching right. development czar that he is I think that. You know, we've talked about him in the past as being a wizard of taking some pitchers and making them better. There's been some folks here recently with, you know, well, you look at the team ERA, and I think you got to pull into question what Derek Johnson's doing, but... Look at the bullpen. Yeah. And part of it's, you know, you're starting Luis Sessa in the starting... or Connor Overton in the starting rotation. Um, But on the other side of that coin is guys like Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft was a name that no one really knew about until he just like shot up the right. prospect rankings in 2021. Mm-hmm. Andrew Abbott, same way, really yeah. not somebody that anybody knew at the beginning of 2022. And then all they heard about was dude, this kid is pitching really lights out. Right. And then even this year, like um, he, he still had a high strikeout clip in the minors. He had 54 innings pitched with 90 strikeouts. And he even said it after his first start, he's just like, you know, We got a win i i did pretty well but i had four walks and i didn't really like that and i think i'm gonna have to improve on that so i love the mentality that he has out there on the mound but more so and it's something that we saw a lot with graham ashcraft something that we've we've seen i think that hunter green has developed his fastball and developed two different kinds of sliders to kind of make it so that he doesn't only have two pitches to throw right but pitchers need options they need to have multiple pitches that they can call upon especially if they're a starter Andrew Abbott's got four pitches that he can control, put anywhere he wants in the zone, and they have four different speeds. He is set up so well to succeed. And his mechanics, and this is kind of something that, I, it was unexpected, but it excited me. A friend of mine who does pre and post for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, texted me a, a two side-by-side uh, videos of Andrew Rabbit pitching and Cliff Lee pitching mm-hmm. and saying, he looks really similar. Uh, he gives me Cliff Lee vibes, and I'm like, Good. Hopefully, he <laughs> continues that.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, are you concerned at all about Ashcraft? Because we went to the game Saturday and he did not pitch well at all. Now, the outing before that, he pitched great. The one before that, he pitched like ass. I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, he's a young pitcher. He's going to go up and down and up and down. It's. It, I think it's more of a mechanical thing. I don't think there's anything physically wrong with him.
1: No, and I, he's healthy, um, which I think lends itself a little bit to me being worried i'd probably say on a scale of one to ten i'd, I'd probably give it about a four or a five at this point he was, he, he Still he early. was
0: dominant jeff he yeah killing it
1: yeah and that's part of the reason that it's not higher than that like i think some people would think that at this point it'd be like a 10 mm-hmm. but his first six starts like he had a two era mm-hmm. he was absolutely killing it and there's just all of a sudden it's like something clicked and he got frustrated with something, and now he's trying to make up for it. And he's in this cycle of, well, I got to pitch really, really good because of this last outing. Like he's just got to put it all out of his mind, just go out there and pitch. And, right. and and the biggest thing for me, the reason why the worry is at a five, is because of the pitch mix for him. Because his pitch mix right now is a cutter, which it's really a four seam fastball, but it has a cutting motion to it, right. and then a slider, which both have the same sort of like break planes Mm -hmm. so if a hitter's up there he knows this pitch is either going away from me or it's coming into me period i know where it's going he had a sinker but his sinker has been very unreliable this year and the tiny little bit that he's thrown it's gotten clobbered so he's got to figure out what's going on with that sinker. but yeah uh just like the comment had said there it's it's like there's something as Robert said, it's like there's something each start that seems to just get stuck in his crawl, you know what I mean? And he just can't seem to get over that. And then by the time he's he's worked through it mentally, three
0: other runs have gotten put up on the board. Oh, yeah. So I'm not as worried about because I've seen him – pitch he knows how to pitch up here hunter green knows how to pitch pitch up here Dolo knows how to pitch up here now we get nick back i mean because beginning of year nicolodolo was was had some dominating performance as well yeah. if you add abbott to this and they're all pitching to their potential jeff we got it reminds me of the atlanta braves back in the day now everybody forgets about steve avery Steve Avery was yeah. the fourth member of those pitch, of that pitcher staff in the early 90s before he hurt his arm. They had four young studs, and they rode those guys. And that's what gets me excited because I've been dying for the Reds to be able to do that. And if all four of these guys can can pitch like we think they can, you're not trading Jonathan Indy for another pitcher. I mean, that's what no. people have suggested. You got four studs. Let them marinate. Let them in, you know try to get better. That's what this year, potentially next year. I know everyone wants to win. I'm like, I'm always talking about 2025. I think is really the year we're going to be a really good contender cont- 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 and maybe it's sooner, but how exciting is it to watch the pot- potential for these guys and not only okay. starters, like dominant starters is where these guys can be
1: Four starters. And then you even look at the fact that Brandon Williamson is starting to figure some things yes. out too. Yes. When you add him into the mix and you you're talking about a healthy pitching staff of ladolo green and ashcraft with andrew abbott you've got three starting pitchers that throw from the left side i can't remember even even just having three left-handed pitchers period let alone three good left-handed pitchers on the reds pitching staff like it's normally a lot of right handers and you got like, you know, Wade Miley or some random left-hander that's there at the end of the rotation that you're just like, yeah, thankfully we got one. Now we're going to have three, if these guys can stay healthy and really take that next step and, and Andrew Abbott's just a dude that I think that, I I think we thought this about, uh, Graham Ashcraft as he came up last year where, you know, green and Lodolo are very much about the strikeout and Ashcraft's just about getting in and getting Getting out out and getting the lineup back on the field. I think I think Andrew Abbott is kind of a mix. Like he is able to get those strikeouts, but he's also able to be efficient with it as well. We, we saw that the first two innings were all adrenaline for him. I think that's really where he racked up the pitch count is because he was just jazzed up. He's like, let's go. Once he settled down, he threw less pitches in his final four innings than he did in his first two. What exactly. we saw in his final four is much more
0: like what we're going to see moving forward. Exactly. Now, I've seen a couple of comments on here. People are saying Joey is washed. He should just end this, blah, blah, blah. I'll put it to you this way. This, this is my caveat to it. If the Reds are in this in the second half, if Joey Vado can come back and be somewhat like the Joey Vado of old, that would be a huge thing not only for this year, but just to show these young guys how to be a professional, how to be a gamer, how to play in day in, day out. That's what I think Joey Votto still can contribute to this team. And if he can, which trust me, if Joey Votto's not 100%, he's not up to his own standards, he's not going to play. I, I guarantee you that. So I'm I'm, I'm for Joey Votto being here and trying to help this team win, develop these guys. I think it's nothing but good if he can do it. I think that
1: he he's going to be useful to this team. I think a lot of folks – kind of have written him off because they're like well we've got all these young guys the infield's full we don't need him. but when we get Joey Votto back he's going to add power to the lineup I think we're still going to get more of a 2021 Joey Votto than you know 2017 where he just yeah. wasn't getting out like I think he probably is going to hit like 230 240 but he's going to hit some home runs he's going to slug at a clip that's going to concern opposing pitchers so I I think that he's still going to be a useful part of this lineup, but what he has done even while hurt, but still with the team still in the dugout. It's interesting to me that, you know, at the end of 2022, it was like, he was doing all this publicity stuff, you know, he's sitting out the stands with people. He's up in the booth and stuff like he hadn't done that this year. This year, he's just been in the dugout in the clubhouse, working with guys like being a mentor to all of these young players. The reds have the second youngest roster for average age, in the major leagues, I think it's second only to the Cleveland Guardians, and I think that he has been in there trying to impart his wisdom, impart his his batter's eye, to these young kids like McClain and and now with Ellie De La Cruz coming up and and even like Will Benson and T J Hopkins and guys like that, like they're learning. From one of the all-time best batters, and oh, for famer. me, the smartest batter that the Reds have ever had in the history of their franchise, like he is a dude that, if he wants to, could be an amazing coach. And I think we've seen that. And I, I think there was an article—I can't remember if it was Charlie or if, or if it was Bobby Nightingale—before he uh, pieced out to Minneapolis. Yeah, he
0: left us with the Minnesota. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs>
1: well, it's everybody else is too. I mean, Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley's up yeah. there, and uh, yeah, uh, but. Anyway, uh one of them wrote an article about what he is doing to contribute to the effort even though we haven't, you know, he's not contributing in the box score. And I think that Joey Votto has been an invaluable part of this team whether or not we've seen him on the field so far and he's going to continue to be even when he does get back on the field here, hopefully in the next 3 weeks.
0: Exactly. Now, the, th- the question I had and, and and you've been on show multiple multiple times here. I am not a huge David Bell fan. I mean, I love him from Cincinnati. His dad was one of my favorite players when he grew up. You know, This is where, and and I've given David the benefit of that last couple of years because he hasn't had a team. And and I'm not saying this is the make or break year. If they bring him back next year, I'm not so sure that he's the guy to make the decisions. Just some of the Mm -hmm. stuff he does still drives me freaking insane. And my son goes, well, you know, what was the last Reds manager you liked? I said, Luke Piniella. He was watching <laughs> like him. They won the world series. Yeah. But right. I mean, so, I mean, maybe he's right to, to assert. Now, now I like how David Bell sticks up for his players. Like the other night, last night, get thrown out when he had no, no, you know, he knew he was going to get thrown out. Cause he's arguing ball, balls and strikes, mm-hmm. but that umpire was terrible. So he's standing up for his guys. And I love that about him. And I love how the players play hard for him and everything. Jeff, it's just the decisions that he makes of when to take guys out, when not take guys out. And, for the love of God, he started Kevin Newman again for the five other freaking time. I'm like, I just, I just don't know. I mean, I want him to be the, the 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 right manager. Right. I just don't know if he is. I think,
1: and, and specifically to the Kevin Newman point, I think Kevin Newman is one of the few holdovers left of the get me from A to B type player. Like, I think they're still, they're holding out some hope that Kevin Newman continues to hit and they can trade him. And in the process of that, once he is traded, then they'll call up CES and put that because I kind of thought they might be doing that with L.A. De La Cruz. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. And he's already here and we're watching him every day now. But when it comes to a guy like that, I think that's kind of the plan up until this point. I've given David Bell the benefit of the doubt because they asked him to make a Michelin star meal. And they gave him frozen dinners, TV dinners, you know, right. Hungry Man stuff, you know, which they're fine for what they are, but I'd rather have something a little bit more substantial. Now we're getting those ingredients. We're getting the right things in place. And now it's on David Bell to make that Michelin star. I meal. He's he's got to figure out the right spots to put everybody in the right spots on the lineup, the right spots on the field defensively, the right times to pull pitchers. Because you're right, that that's one thing that I've, I've wondered a little bit about. And I wish I had more statistics or something like this about guys that he brings in as relief pitchers to finish off an inning and then brings him back the next inning to pitch more. I feel like it's bad. Like I don't, don't think that's a very good plan, but either. Yeah, but albeit here these last couple of games he's pulled the right strings, so yeah. it's it's one of those weird things where there's some games that he's just so off on his moves, and then there's other games where he he pulls all the right strings. So it's it's hard for me to to say one way or the other. There, I've always said about him that I don't think he's not the guy. (laughs) Like I think I still need to see him and and he's got a hundred games now with the right players in place to see what we can do, but now begins the actual evaluation period of him. And it's weird because you're right. He's under an expiring contract and there's a very good chance he gets at least one more year as the manager, but I think up until now he's been given a whole bunch of junk to work with, and now we see where he what he can do with the good stuff.
0: Now I'll say this and I said this in the in 2021 when the Reds are fighting their ass off try, trying trying to, to make the playoffs and we had a crap bullpen. And I'm like, I didn't blame David Bell cause I'm like, what is he supposed to do? We right. had really good starting pitcher and a terrible friggin' bullpen. Like there wasn't <laughs> barely anybody he could rely on down there. So that's where I gave him the benefit of the doubt. But so I'm not completely against it. But there's so many times I just do stuff. And I'm kind of like, what are you doing? Like now, if the Reds are Newman better, like catch fire, like quick. If they yeah. are waiting for uh, uh, CES to come up here and to get rid of him first, I'm like, I'll I will DFA. <laughs> just cut <laughs> Newman. Bring up and kind of on Strand now. I mean, put him at first base. Put Steer in left field. Put India at third base, and let's go. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. If, like if that's the Sorry, but that's the reason, which you you might be right. You might uh, If that's the reason they're waiting to bring him up, they got to bring him up now because he's he's proven he can hit triple-A pitching. I mean, he's just toying with them right now. It's kind of like Dale Cruz. I'm like, I'm all for waiting, but now it's kind of like, come on, bring him up here. And the thing is, you can put him at first base. You can DH him. I mean, and that's the thing, too. People have said, well, we got to get more outfielders. We got too many shortstops. Well, if you can play a shortstop, you can play anywhere. Right. So you can, like you said, we can move Ellie to, to center field. If this other kid comes up, it is a great shortstop in a couple of years. We can move uh, McLean to center field there. Are, I, I don't understand the whole thing where people are like, we got to trade for this. We got to trade for that. Our minor leagues are set up for guys who are athletic and can play and they can play anywhere. And that's steers a great uh, person. for. That. He's playing left field. He's played third base, plays first. And he plays a great defense wherever he does. So I'm not, all about we gotta hurt them trade guys and I never understand why people are like we have too many short stuff. Jeff, I'll direct all the short stuffs I can. If they can hit and they can play short stuff, they can play anywhere.
1: Oh yeah. And you're talking about a roster that as as soon as 3 or 4 years ago even back in 2021 on the lineup side we were filling the roster with corner infielders and corner outfielders and asking them to play the middle infield in the middle in, in center field and right. the athletic positions that Really, you'd rather build it the opposite way. And I think that was a lesson that Nick Kroll had learned. And, and Dick Williams was doing the best with what he could. He went out and he signed Mike Mustakis. He signed Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos came up as a third baseman. And then they found out he couldn't play in the infield, so they moved him to corner outfield defensively. Mike Mustakis has always been a third baseman. We tried to play him at second base because that was before we had Jonathan India up here. There, there's so much of roster building that I think the Reds have learned the hard way that for so many years they had the guys had guys out of position now they're just like you know what if we just fill it with athletes we have right. just crazy awesome top tier level athletes we can put them somewhere in the field and they can get and they can then get their bat in the lineup so i'm, I'm really happy to see that this is how we've built it. I mean, Noel Marte is going to be fine at third base. Even if you play second base, he's going to be great there. Edwin Arroyo actually profiles as a better defensive shortstop than Ellie De La Cruz does. And then Cam Collier is going to be a fantastic player wherever he goes. He drafted as a third baseman. He might be like a right fielder by the time he comes up. There's so much that the Reds can do with all these guys that they don't have to, uh, you know, stare at you know Mike mistake us sideways and be like is he a second baseman and maybe may uh you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly that that's what i love about what they've done here. Uh, Robert here uh, got questions that are here's the first statement here you guys have faith that his players will uh, play for him. My question is this who or wait who would or be considered a, his replacement Barry Larkin or Vado? I guess talking about Bell.
1: Hmm. I the idea of Joey Votto is not something I really thought about. I don't necessarily I know. I kind of thought about it th- when
0: you were talking. I'm like,
1: mm. Yeah, and I think – I don't know about manager of the entire team. I think hitting coach is probably something Joey would go for, um, at least right out of the gate. Barry Larkin is an interesting one to me because I've said before, and, and this is something that Steve and I have talked about on our show, that what's likely to happen is that they're not just going to let David Bell go. They're not going to fire him or anything like that. They're going to promote him. They're yeah. going to put him in the general manager's chair – They're going to have Nick as like the president of baseball ops or whatever that is. And then they might have Barry Larkin as the manager. I think that's kind of why Barry Larkin remains around this team. Think about what he was doing before he was in the announcing booth. He Mm -hmm. was developing the young players, whether it be in spring training or as a, a traveling instructor to the different minor league levels. And then for some reason, the Reds stopped that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't necessarily know if that was them saying at that time that they're not going to consider him for a manager spot in the future. But I've always thought that if Barry Larkin was the manager, because remember, he was the main name mm-hmm. whenever we were letting go of Brian Price years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted him at ba- back at that period of time, Barry Larkin looked at the situation of the Reds and he said, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> nah, think I want to get my nah. hands dirty here. But. Telling him that the roster's ready to go could be the perfect scenario for him to go because I think that he understands everybody knows him as the Hall of Fame player, that he's one of their favorite players of all time. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Absolutely. But the moment you get in that manager chair and you fail, that's mm-hmm. when people start to reevaluate your legacy on the team, and I, I I don't necessarily know that he has wanted to come into a failing situation. So he's going to look at this, and he'll probably be interested. It's just I'm not sure where the Reds are on the Barry Larkin idea as I mean, manager
0: the, at this point. Funny thing is, I I think they really like David Bell. I do too. I, I really yeah. think, and I would not be surprised if they bring him back. I just that's yeah. just me. I, I I think the crawl. And the ownership, they, they like, and I, I I don't hate David Bell. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be a bad manager. I just don't like some of the stuff he's done done, and he yeah. does some of the same stupid stuff consistently. That just drives me nuts. Know,
1: and, and, and a a consistent point of comp, uh, complaint for David bell is his post game pressers where he's just like, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 You know, uh, real, yeah. You know <laughs> like he makes bill Belichick seem like he's hyper or something. So, um, there, there's something about those that really get under people like stick underneath their crop. But when it comes to David Bell, the thing that we don't see is the thing that I think is his biggest strength. And that is his, his absolute, even keeled demeanor. Mm. And as much as we hate the fact, that the Reds might have like the biggest comeback win they've ever had ever, and he gets on the press conference and goes, "Yeah, well, it's, it's a really good game," <laughs> but he's also going to sound like that if they just had the worst loss in franchise history too. Yeah. Like players know whether they go over four or four for four, he, the, their manager's still going to have their back, and now, I think that is his biggest strength and the reason why the organization is so in love with him.
0: Exactly. Now, what was the stat? I, I, I know Jay Morris tweeted out, and you guys, you guys said locked on for. Uh, how much the biggest because you said the biggest comeback it was like 17 and uh they 17 were, wins of, or eight wins of 500 and something losses?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I forget what the time frame was because I thought it was like 30 years or something, it might even be longer than that, but or maybe it's even in franchise history. But when they've been trailing by at least five runs in a game before last night, they were 11 and 506. Like, <laughs> that's, wow. That's not even something that you want to be like. So, what's their win percentage? <laughs> it's probably like three, three percent or something. <laughs> so, like, uh, that's why that was such. And, and, and you did it against the Dodgers and you did it on Ellie right. De La Cruz night. And the reason that they did it was all rookies in in yep. the B squad of the bullpen. There was no Alexis Diaz, there was no yep. Lucas Sims, mm-hmm. was not even Buck Farmer. Yep. So, I,
0: Down I, the I night, love that. the night though. We got them tonight, so that, that, that bodes well. I mean, how cool would it be to, you know, win the series against the Dodgers? Now, when I was a kid, Dodgers and the Reds were in the NL West, whichever really like The right. Reds in the NL West, yeah, it was stupid. I don't know why the hell we were in the NL West, but we were, and I hated the Dodgers. So anytime <laughs> we beat the Dodgers, I freaking love it. Jeff, you've been on for 48 minutes. I appreciate it. Yeah, Tell man. everybody about Locked On, your, your Twitter, anything else you want to plug in for, I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah,
1: man, I appreciate you, uh, Strawberry Ice Man, having me on. Uh, we've got Locked On Reds every single day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. You can catch us on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow my co-host, Steve Offenbaker at S Offenbaker with two Fs, uh, as we try to, you know, talk Reds in between the uh, 30 minutes a day that we give you.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Jeff. Well, I appreciate you coming. Like, uh, like this is a short, last minute thing. I, I reached out to you today, and you jumped on. So I, I appreciate it. And hey, there, if, there, if if people see the thing is, I kind of stopped talking to res because they were t- it's terrible, and nobody's watching. So I'm like, I do this so people watch. We talk Reds when they're in it, like, oh, you're just a bandwagon. No, trust me. I was watching the games. I right. just didn't talk about it.
1: <laughs> well, what would we, we say back in January after, you know, the stinking Chiefs won? We're <laughs> like, well, hopefully the Reds just get us to training camp. And they're doing that. And so much more.
0: Exactly. All right, Jeff. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. All right, see you, man. Take it easy. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Like I said, we can talk some Reds on know. It's called Bengal Slop. We, we can talk Reds talk whatever you guys want. I am ecstatic about Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, it is—it was so electric last night. I, I i can't explain to you how last night felt. It, it, I, it was like clinchmas. It was like, like we said, when Ellie came up to bat, everybody stood up, came to stand ovation. I'm sitting there, I, I'm recording it, so we didn't get all the way up to our seats because we kind of got down there a little late. I did the show yesterday, so I'm standing right there behind home plate. And I got a perfect view. All of a sudden, everybody gets in front of me. I'm like, do to move my camera like this? So I'm actually watching it on my camera because everybody's standing in front of me. I got to see it. And everybody got dead silent. It was almost eerie, but it was really freaking cool. And then when he came up, later on, you hear, Ellie, 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 Ellie. It was just one of the coolest nights I've had in a long time at GABP. It was a lot of fun. So they're going to start here in a couple minutes. We're going to go watch them. But let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And I appreciate every single one of you. They are Hude Nation, Hude Legion, Radical Reds, Bearcat Ruckus, the Ohio State Bucknuts of the Ice Bar. And then, of course, you can follow me on all my social media platforms. all under Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trennepole. That's Jeff, J-E-F-F-A. and T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. TikTok I'm at Iceman90. I should be pulling this off later on tonight. Put it on the podcast. It's on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitch pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a five star review and a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, you guys are my originals. I love you guys. 2,209 subscribers. I'll be on tomorrow. We'll be talking Bengals again tomorrow. I've got Trags, Mike Petragoy. He's going to jump on. I got the Godfather, AC. He's jumping on. So we could talk some Bengals tomorrow. We can also talk Ellie. Maybe the Reds win again tonight. How cool would this be? Just say in the next, I don't know, say four years. Bengals won the Super Bowl. FC Cincinnati wins their championship, whatever it's called. I'm trying to get in soccer. I pr- I'm really trying to get in soccer. I just don't understand it. The Reds win the World Series. Title Town USA. Cincinnati, Ohio. That's just sports, baby. See ya talked
1: about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC
0: championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this?
1: We
2: better send those refunds. (laughs) I'm (laughs) from the city where they gotta play us. Where they gotta play coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the up. middle, 21 in the cut where We I? ain't hiding from nobody, run and me them it's up hey, I'm it's from up. the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody. Run and tell him it's up. Back to bad champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, the lane jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb the chase. Every Sunday, watching go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Just throw Void in the mix. Now you really iffy. Every Sunday, showing boys how they're really gritty. They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky. Flip the coin, kick the toe Roger right to the go and get it. Never know what's gon' happen when Joe drop back. He get shisty in the pocket, I get shisty on the track. Nobody on the team. All pro, that's all cap. Most all-around team in the NFL, that's all facts. And came across nobody yet that seemed like they can hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff? Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Vaughn gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body Benz. Right behind them Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse bass in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just draft draft the camera, draft the the hill. hill. Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was, cause that's the loser weight It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy eight It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it Zach Taylor doing the same for the city, I give it to him And I bet you will find a hole if you give it to him Aiden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him Just hand it off to 28 and let him do the dash Getting hit by BJ Hill probably feel like a car crash Every week it seem like Lou digging deeper in his bag And if the game on the line, all my favorite money match I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut And we ain't hiding from nobody, Running telling it's up mm-hmm. I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut And we ain't hiding from nobody, Running telling it's up mm-hmm.